0: Is it Lawther or Lawther? If you're from Northern Ireland, I guess it would be. It could be anything.
1: It's actually an English name, so it's, it's Lawther. So that, that's, uh, it gets mispronounced all the time. I told my wife before we got mine, it's like, you know, you'll regret taking on this name. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. But I, it's like, it, gets, it gets mispronounced, it gets misspelled. And actually to the point of when we had our daughter, it's like, right, give her an easy first name that's easy. Everybody knows they can spell it. So there's no problem with that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so it's Lawther.
0: Great. Your daughter is Grace. Um, I know a couple of Graces, and Grace is a gorgeous name. How old is Grace now?
1: Grace is 15, just turned 15 in January,
0: Uh plays football. Yes, that was going to be my entry into discussion of Arrival, how Scotland's women took their place on the world stage and inspired a generation. So that's the direct audience. It's Grace and her friends who play under-16 football. Is there a pathway for Grace to become a semi-pro Scottish footballer?
1: Yeah, there there is now. I mean, it's getting much, much better. Uh, She plays... um for, well, she she started, I guess this is where the book kind of came from as well. When Grace started playing football, you'd always she always sort of been dragged along to Rafe with us, uh, and and was either interested or not, depending on, on where she was at. But I um, say three teachers at our school, local school, primary school, started up a specific girls' team, and that's really what has led us into sort of girls and women's football because it goes back to that invisibility thing. I think you know, for someone like myself who loves football. The women's game was for a long time was probably invisible to me as well you know that it just wasn't on my radar because it wasn't it wasn't out there and it was really only my daughter starting to play that it then became something that I thought about so Scotland women played at time Castle, as I said just just 10 minutes walk down from my house uh, played Israel on a qualifier Euro qualifier and they thought well, let's go let's take this down and you know she was a primary school at that point so like let's watch her some sort of um, female role models rather than watching rape playing, um, and that's really what sort of kick-started it. But yeah, there is, there is a pathway. The club's she's with, that, Burrow-Muir is is fantastic and um, really great ethos. There's 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 a pathway there. There's a national performance league team. There's a first team, obviously, which is in the second tier of the, the Scottish women's game, um, and as well as there's the, they they have a philosophy of. If you want a game, then you will, you will get it. So even if you're just about participation, you know it's about that as well. So it's a place for everybody. So it really really suits us and suits Grace. So there, there's a pathway there eh, to, to I guess get get to that get that level if that's what 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 young young women decide to, to do or they want to do. And the structure around Scottish football, Scottish women's football, is so much better I think than than obviously they have been in the past.
0: There was a monopoly on English football before the plurality of, of opportunity for Liverpool and Chelsea and Emma Hayes going to Chelsea and doing what she did at Arsenal, who won, was it the quadruple, by scoring about 800 goals and hardly yeah. losing a game. They didn't lose a game. Yeah. In Scotland, that's Glasgow City.
1: Yeah, Glasgow City, I guess I've been at the forefront of that. And, and they're very much, I mean, I've, I've I've devoted a chapter in the book to, to Glasgow City because obviously it's such... Such an incredible story, really, of two, two women, two individuals who just thought, you know, actually things can be better than this, and decided to let's just do it. Let's set up our own club and, and do it the right way and do it the way the way that we want to. And obviously, they've they've, they've had uh, amazing success, you know, in in doing that in the Scottish game in terms of in terms of their dominance in the league and cups and and trophies and stuff. But actually, even more importantly, the number of players they've sort of had through their ranks that. I think it was eleven that uh, featured in the Scotland team, the Scotland squad at the World Cup. Came, I you know, had one time played for for Glasgow City, so uh, really, really important. Obviously, part of the story of that that professionalism and 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 sort of taking it and running with it when when maybe some other clubs were a bit slower or a bit, a bit more reluctant to do that, and and they've they've had a huge role to play in help creating those pathways for 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 women in the game to be able to sort of you know, to go on to, 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 to what they want to do. So whether that's, you know, at Evans or Aaron or you know, players like that who, who are, who are obviously now playing at the, the, the top of the game in England.
0: You said something in that paragraph. I'll need you to repeat it. Did you say that Scotland qualified for a World Cup this millennium?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yes, we qualified for a World Cup. It's got a Scotland, not Coke. Well, uh, I, it's funny, my, my own background, as I said, uh, my background is Northern Irish and... Uh, the first uh, time I ever went to a tournament with Scotland was 1998. So yeah. you can probably believe for, for myself, my brother, and my wife, for cursing them of like, we went to the World Cup in 98, had an amazing time, the men's team obviously, and thought, this is great, you know, let's do more of this. And obviously it's been a slightly yeah. long wait to get, <laughs> get to that. So and it's very, a-
0: very strange because it's the same country. It was France to 2019, it was France yeah. for the men in 98. So you must have gone to the same places.
1: Yeah, there was a there's just there was a really nice sort of synchronicity about the whole thing, really. And obviously we were coming back 21 years later, back to France, back to a World Cup, taking our daughter. It just there was there was something really nice about that, you know. You can be a bit sentimental about things, but actually, so like, there were just. I mean, obviously France is a lovely country as well, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really great experience to to go there and and, and follow the team and, and that. So, sort of, you know, thinking back to 1998 when we were standing under the Eiffel Tower in the day before Scotland played Brazil in the opening game you know it's just it quite, a, quite, a, quite a long wait but you know something nice about it as well that, that was our tournament we'll, we'll
0: go back This goes out the week that Delamitri put out their new album Delamitri were the ones who penned the song Don't Come Home Too Soon Don't
1: Come Home Too Soon <laughs> yeah I, strangely the, in the third game of the World Cup which we'll not go into but uh, in 98 in Morocco when we got beat by Morocco uh there was a BBC One roadshow. We're there for some strange reason and we, we turned up in St Etienne, it was the game was being played in the afternoon. There was a Radio One Roadshow. We ended up in there um, you know, just in the sun before the game and they actually brought Delamitria onto the stage to, to sing that. So I have seen them perform it live before uh, at the point when I was still full of hope and expectation that Scotland were going through to the next round, but uh, mm. it didn't quite pan out that way unfortunately. It is a, it's
0: a good song. It's a great song. It's full of the, yeah. the Justin Curry melancholy. Even long shots make it. And indeed, to make it to a World Cup, I remember the Brazil game. Vividly remember that game. Um, yeah. Which may have been the opening game. But it was, was it Tam Boyd? Yeah. Couldn't clear a head off his yeah. goal line? Yeah, we we were actually at the game. So yeah. we were in the ground. We were at that end and Scotland,
1: the end. And, you know. The, Obviously, we saw the John Collins penalty, which was the high. And then the low of that sort of, you know, bouncing off everybody and then, off to avoid mm-hmm. in the, into the net. You know, it's, again, it's a very uh, it's a bittersweet moment. You know, yeah. But, I mean, a real amazing occasion, you know, to be there, to be in the Staten
0: fans. You know, World Cup was just, like, fantastic. That was my first World Cup that I watched. And, of course, we remember what happened with England and Beckham. Uh, but yeah. this was a time, 1998, and we, we'll get back to the woman properly, but nowadays there are about seven players who play top division English football, McTominay, Robertson. There's a real, and it's because of the uh, the coming of the foreign player, but 1998, yeah. after all the Englishers had come back to England from their brief foray at Rangers in the, the end of the 80s, yeah. there were still a lot of Scots playing English football. I couldn't tell you how many were playing in the Premier League from the 98 squad. Uh, maybe I'll look that up while you... Uh... Uh,
1: people like Colin Hendry. I think I've, my memory's not what it was in terms of who, who would have been there. Um, Kevin Gallagher, maybe was, was he playing down in England at that point? I mean, it's, inter- it's an interesting parallel with, with the women's game because actually I was talking to someone and once I got into the story of a rival without pre-empting that, um, it's interesting that at, at that point, you know, if you think about where the women's game was at that point, you know, at the start of that year when we were sort of planning our trip to the World Cup to go and watch the men, the SFA didn't even have responsibility for the Scotland women's team. So, so the responsibility of the Scotland national side, the women, sat out with the responsibility of the SFA, which you know. It's crazy, really, when you think about it. Because I, I'm getting old, but I think of 1998. It's not no, recent, but you know, it was it was sort of modern times to me. So the the fact that the you know that that's where the women's game was at, at that point. You know, I guess it just reflects how far they've, they've had to come in in a period of time, really, and it was 21 years.
0: Uh, Calderwood, Hendry, Gallagher, John Collins was at Monaco. Neil Sullivan coming through at Wimbledon. Scott Gemmell at Forest. Billy McKinley, Matt Elliott, and Scott Booth. Uh, And Christian Daly. Scott Booth was at Utrecht. Uh, So that was the Scotland squad. Jim Leighton was in goal, aged where he was going to be 40 uh, just after the tournament. Um, So that's the World Cup 98. We all remember that. Uh, Scotland were knocked out by England in the playoffs for the 2000s, Euro. Um, And then the the 2000s was um, less successful.
1: The, the Dutch one is the one I think that probably hurts, hurts me the most. We, beat the, we played the Dutch in a playoff uh, and one one nil at Hamden. We went to Amsterdam full of expectation, and you know within ten minutes we were three nil down or oh, something yeah. like that. But that's what
0: it felt like. So we
1: ended up losing six 0 And actually I, I referenced I reference that in the book as just as one of the examples in my little forward as one of the examples of the highs and lows of football. You know, so, so gotta I'm take them both. Yeah. Gotta take them both. Yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: And I'm I'm sorry to. Uh, say six nil again, but you know what's coming. Um <laughs> yeah. because the investment had finally been made in English football, um, and the the glory under Hope Powell had taken England and the great Kelly Smith and so on, were you well you were, weren't you? You were at the game which finished England six, Scotland nil.
1: Yes, we were we were there. We went to all three games in, in, in the Euros. I I mean the book is obviously about the World Cup, but I say it covers a much longer period than that. So, and, and one of the people that I speak to uh, at length was Anna Senior, and um, who obviously had laid a lot of the groundwork for Scotland to get to that, that tournament. I mean, there, there obviously is a gap in terms of between Scotland and England. I think there probably still is, although it's less now. But I think the the, the difficult thing about the Euros that, that, that Scotland had taken so long to qualify for, um, for a tournament once they finally got there, I think they've just massively unfortunate with injuries so you know they lost uh, Little. obviously was a fantastic player they lost a number of other players particularly from their their back line and um, so then, you know Jen Beattie and Emma Mitchell as well so you know players who are still you know playing at a really high level in England so they they were sort of ravaged by industry in, uh, injuries sorry and they went up to that game so um, and one of the things I senior talked about I guess uh, when I interviewed her was you know the, almost the about well, that that scoring, you know, people sort of reacted to it as you know this is terrible. Where actually the context of the game, of, you know, a squad coming into it for the first time, uh, you know, they had a couple of players in the team who were, who were making their first competitive debut. So you know, it's in their back line so it's very it's very very difficult to think so.
0: But I mean that, that game, yeah, England where uh, was it Jodie Foss, uh, Jodie uh, Patrick,
1: or four, maybe, I'm not sure, five, I'm, I'm
0: not even sure about it. Doesn't matter, their, it's their, happened now. <laughs> their, their, their front line was
1: phenomenal and really, you know, Scotland found kind it of very difficult to sort of cope with that and compete with that.
0: And yet, the dead rubber brought joy.
1: I mean, the, the, I think the most frustrating one for me was the Portugal one, I think, because that was probably the sort of game that they, they could have and should have won. And, and, and again, you know, the... the in that game, it was, it's just one of these things, you know, of, of losing, of losing two one. Um, but then, you know, the game against Spain was was, was fantastic. Uh, we, we obviously were at that, and you know, just to to run them so close and it was a small, small Scottish crowd, but very vocal. And to be part of that and, and cheering the team on to, to, to get to that, but obviously just fall a little bit short was was unfortunate. But then again, you, you learn from these things, and and the and the team pushed on.
0: Yeah, and that pushing on led to qualification for the 2019 FIFA World Cup for the first time. And when Scotland qualified, did you look at grace and did you both share that look of we're going to enjoy this whatever happens?
1: Yeah, I mean it was the the whole qualification campaign. I mean, I it goes back to the thing when you're when you're writing a book. I guess you want you know drama, excitement, sort of adversity, triumph, and you know, and heartache as well. And I guess that qualification campaign in the World Cup had all of that. You know, so in a sense, it was not it's not a difficult book to write, and that all the ingredients are there for what happened. And I think you know some of the games in qualification was just really special moments. Um, the, the comeback against Poland was a particularly special one where it was it was in the afternoon I was watching it uh, here uh, and then Grace came back from school and it was that sort of it was Scotland were 2-0 down and then, again my pessimism I'm pretty sure I texted my wife from was going oh that's it it's over type of thing you know we're, we're getting beat 2-0 there's only 15 minutes left and then uh, you know they scored and then scored again and then scored again so that, that was a really nice moment because at that point Grace was back from school and we were watching it and then the Albania one when they actually made it it was I mean just a really really special moment because I think of just of what it meant. I think you know to, to actually get there and that sort of unlikeliness of of getting above Switzerland, and then I think for for us personally, we we knew we were going to the World Cup. If, if so, it, it meant even more, you know, on a personal level because it's the right. This is it. We're going. We're going to France. We're going to watch some of the World Cup, and and that that was a really really special moment. And again. You speak to the players about that moment in Albania, and you, know, you can go on the BBC website and see the sort of crazy
0: scenes in the big huddle at the end of it. You know, I remember that. I yeah, just shows you what it meant. And and I think
1: you know, speaking to people, that that's a very very special moment for for the players, obviously, for Shelly Kerr and the staff, and and even for people who you know who were players in the past who were watching it, you know, from home. It, it was just that sense of actually, this is something. Really special has happened here, and, and it's an amazing, amazing achievement. So, no, that was that was a that was a good moment. I'm sure I'm sure there was hugging at some point <laughs> when the when the, when the came through the the, the uh, Switzerland Poland game at ended nil nil, and then the final whistle. Finally, went in the Scotland game. It was uh, it was great.
0: The kudos goes to Shelley Kerr, who is the Hope Powell figure of Scottish football. But one of the things I guess I'm keen to emphasise in the book and and do cover is
1: that you know it kind of wasn't an overnight success. You know there there was a lot had gone in to get Scotland to to that World Cup, and actually you know Shirley obviously did a, an amazing job in terms of the the team and and, and the belief in the team in that qualification campaign was phenomenal. And um, but even the you know the, the period the sort of twelve years before that, Havana Senior, uh, of actually laying the foundations of of that team and of getting to the Euros
0: obviously that's um, she did that's strange of- because 12 years is what it took for Germany to turn their no hopers of an international side into de Mannschaft of the World Cup win of 2014 so it was yeah. planting the seeds and germinating them and with the England men we're seeing that now with Foden and Sterling and Rashford and Greenwood and on and on and on but You've now lived, and you, you do, I imagine you document it in this book, Arrival, which is out as we speak on pitch. Uh, it's how it's the inspired a generation that is probably as key as the World Cup uh, of 2019. So it's, it's the generation that inspired the generation. So the likes of, well, Jen Beattie is a player I've seen play football. Erin Cuthbert, I think uh, every time I've seen her has been okay, but she looks deadly on her day. Kim Little obviously is the best. Do you have a particular favourite Scotland woman player? It's a
1: difficult one. I kind of I
0: love them all, you
1: know. And then some, some of them obviously we watch in in terms of uh, in terms of a club football. So we go, even though we're Wraith fans, we go along to see Glasgow City. We watch a lot of Hibs women. So you know, players like uh, you know, Jenna Fife as coach my daughter, uh, and you know, got a lot of affection for for Jenna as, as one of the goalkeepers. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Kim, Kim Little is superb. I think you know Caroline Weir is superb as well in terms of just absolute skill, and then obviously Erin Cuthbert is just that. I think I think in the book Shelly Kerr calls her Gallus. You know that sort of summing up that sort of Scottishness and that kind of never never say die sort of
0: yeah.
1: attitude. She's she's fantastic and, and can obviously turn games and, and turn moments and score score incredible goals. Uh, so yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of. I mean, I think. That's one of the things about women's football, particularly, but also about this squad, is is there's a lot of that easy to like. There's a lot of you know really open, honest, authentic players in there, you know, who have obviously been through and battled through, uh, you know, to, to get to where they they, they are, uh, and also making a huge success of it. So uh, they're, they're a very easy team to to, to like and, and to be very fond of.
0: Did Erin Cuthbert talk about Emma Hayes and her role in her development? Part of the challenge in the book is obviously there's a, there's a whole squad and I was
1: very keen to sort of give give everybody their sort of place in that and, and give everybody their, their their sort of voice in that. But, I mean, Erin's obviously and very, very driven. Uh, but she did talk about, um, you know, obviously being, being signed by Chelsea, going from Glasgow City and going down. And Emma Hayes obviously was, was instrumental in that in the sense of meeting her and taking her around. Showing her the facilities that were there, you know, in, in a team packed with talent, you know, still still have, holds her own in that in that team and, and plays a role in that. But there mm-hmm. a lot of the stories of, of all the players are in there, I think, in, in that sense, because it, it there's a real togetherness in the squad, you know. It, it, I think that's sort the of thing that comes through is that you know it's it's not sort of one superstar or two superstars; it, it's a team that work together and actually. You know, it's not just teammates, there's a lot of friendships in, in, in there as well, which is, is really important.
0: Yeah, it's a group. Uh, I lived quite near Kingsmeadow for a couple of years, so I went down to see Chelsea. I went to Boreham Wood to see Arsenal a few times. I went to a couple of women's FA Cup finals, uh, and I actually got press accreditation. And I walked past a woman who I recognised and saw her name tag, and it said Laura Bassett. And I went, oh, yeah, Laura Bassett, <laughs> talking to Jonathan Pierce and... Uh, because she was doing some punditry for the the BBC on that day. Um, I went to a really... Actually, both of the ones I went to were a bit non-exciting. Danielle Carter scored Arsenal's goal when they won it. And then Chelsea... Was it Chelsea or Man City who demolished Birmingham? It was Man City who demolished Birmingham City. But following the rise and rise of the women's game in England in the last five, six years, the Barclays have taken sponsorship... Again, this is only good for to come back to visibility, the visibility. But we're now unfortunately seeing exactly what happened 20 years ago in the men's game. We're seeing all kinds of players: Mia Demmer, Van der Donk, all the Swedes, Alex Morgan, Carly, Carly Lloyd. Is it good or bad that there's more uh, international representation in the WSL, and particularly for Scottish football, if I, applicable? I
1: think it- a mix of good and bad, like all these things. I think, I think there's 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 huge benefits of it in terms of the visibility it brings. There's huge benefits in terms of, I think, obviously. The, I mean, the US national team is phenomenal. So to have those level of players in the game is obviously great for the game. It's obviously great for players to be around that and, and from a selfish Scottish point of view you know the, the I'm sure it's great for some of the sort of younger Scottish players who are who are down there playing to be around some of those stars and seeing seeing you know people at that level and, and what they do and how they go about about things I think is, is positive I guess the the, the danger is that it, 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 as you say it becomes that sense of, you know, it's big names and it's short term and it's not, you know, it's not sustainable. And and, and I think, I mean, the interesting thing for me about the, when I was writing the book, I guess the, the, the two things that jumped out to me that I maybe, maybe didn't anticipate in, in how I went about writing it was one, I guess, the challenges that women have had to, to play football, the historic challenges, um, but also, I guess, that, you know, that process of getting to the World Cup wasn't, as I said, an overnight success. It wasn't just a great crop of players, although obviously are. It was actually about it was about Ana and other people laying the groundwork before that. So it was, you know, when Ana Senior came into the game, it was about you know the facilities, the funding, the clubs training more regularly, better nutrition, all that sort of stuff. Almost helping professionalize the game, helping clubs professionalize, working with coaches, setting up a national academy, you know, as well as that, raising the profile and sort of fighting for funding and and fighting very hard for funding. So back to the question, I think my my preference is always to sort of a, a sort of solid strong foundations approach to football is the best way to go, and that's whether you know a club like Wraith, or, or or whether you're the women's game, or whatever, wherever you happen to be. And I think you know while it's great that there's big names there, I think the danger is you know the foundations have to be right. So it, it shouldn't be a short term thing. If it's if it's part of building on the foundations, then great. If it's just a sort of short term, uh, you know, try to attract people by by, by big names that then leave. Then I'm, I'm not sure it's yeah. probably the, the best thing in the long term of and, the game. But you
0: know. yeah, as a sport, the Euro this year has been pushed to next year, and we hope yeah. next year it will go on.
1: Scotland, Scotland obviously uh, started the group really well, uh, and then obviously COVID struck. So um, I think Scotland just have had, were in a difficult position because obviously the coming out of the World Cup and how the World Cup ended. Um, they were, I guess they were trying to sort of rebuild a little or. or revive from that and you know I think Covid kind of sort of cut that off uh, so yeah they played uh, they basically they lost to the Finland 1-0 they had three games effectively Finland two against Finland one against Portugal and um, they, they were quite unlucky it's just uh, there was a sort of turn of whole event almost in each game where, where they lost one in each game so unfortunately they're now out of it which obviously is a huge disappointment for for Scottish football or Scottish women's football and for that, that squad and they're feeling that at the moment. So these two qualifiers the last two qualifiers, you know, I guess didn't didn't really matter in that sense. So it's a it's a take stock and, and I guess Shelley Care's obviously gone now. It's a time time to rebuild and, and sort of sort of go again I think. And I think in a sense that hopefully this book is a sort of a bookmark of what they have achieved in over those years of, of, of two qualifications back to back. Um, which, as as we know, (laughs) looking at the men's game, it's very difficult to even get one, never mind, to do two back-to-back. So hopefully it's a a celebration of that.
0: And, of course, you mentioned the men. Um, Something happens in June which will brighten up the lives of everyone in this very fractured United Kingdom. The best (coughs) thing to happen would be for Scotland to beat England at at Wembley? Or is it at Hamden? To Wembley, yeah, yeah, Wembley. Best thing to happen. It would be unbelievable. The jingo is it. If you had the referendum the day after, <laughs> Scotland would get 99.8% with no margin of error for independence. But genuinely, do Scotland have a chance or is this just a matter of doing as well as possible with the talent that they've got and keeping all the talent fit after a quite grueling season domestically?
1: I mean, I think you always have a chance. I mean, as a
0: was one Ali McLeod. You got
1: to say that. You, know, to say that. You, mean, if, if you went. If I went into the league cup final night before, you know, if they if didn't have a chance, if they can beat Celtic in that, and teams, teams always have a chance, I think. And obviously, England—they're always fav- favourites. Whether it's a men's game or the women's game, england are always going to be favourites just through actually, size and resources in English football. And um, so, you know, Scotland will be the underdogs. But yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that they they can give it a go. Um, and you know who, who knows on the day then it might uh, it might work right. I do be happier about that than myself. It's it's a chance, so I think. But I think again, the fact that Scotland are, are at a tournament is just a is a huge relief, really. You know, yeah, I notice people starting to collect the Penini stickers and things like that. Oh, so you know, these 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 are things that you know Scotland fans of the men's team just haven't had for such a long time. So. I think from my view of it is, you know, we're there, we've got three games, two of them are at Hamden, the other two against uh, against the other teams in the group, particularly Croatia. So, yeah, well, give it a go, you know, the two home games at Hamden, effectively. Yeah,
0: but hopefully no one will we'll be get... there. Oh, no, they will.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get some sort of crowd in there, you know, and then yeah, you've got a free shot against anyone that yeah, way. Yeah. So I think you, can can can...
0: A... you should get a press pass for it. Don't you know who I am? I wrote <laughs> the book. Um, I remember... <laughs> Well, I remember the Gascoigne over Hendry 96 like it were yesterday. Uh, but I yes. also remember the crazy game. Was it 2 2? That it was 1 0 and then it finished 2 2. Lee Griffith scored the most incredible free kick.
1: I was at both of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell why lie, wasn't at the Gascoigne one. I, in fact, I was, I was at, in Leeds United Social
0: Club ah, for the Gascoigne. Great. We, we, went, we had tickets for France against Spain that day. Myself and my brother
1: had bought tickets um, for. Euros before knowing who was gonna be playing. Yeah. So we ended we ended up at France, Spain, Ellen Road. Uh our brother couldn't go for some reason. So myself and my wife went down. We parked up, went to Leeds United Social Club was the only thing we could find nearby and and went to watch that game and you know, it was uh, obviously it was pretty much ninety nine percent English and you know, I, I, I was sitting quietly. Um, England scored obviously, the place went crazy. And then Scotland, uh Scotland, yeah, it's, you know, wasn't it? Pen, yeah. Scotland, Scotland got the penalty. got the penalty, and the famous last words. I turned around to Lane and said, "When this goes in, like you know, just just don't don't sort of get too animated, you know, because obviously we're totally surrounded by England fans." <laughs> and of course, seconds later, he misses, and the place just erupts. And I, I don't know what the gap was between the penalty miss and the goal. It didn't feel very long. Asking's goal, but obviously then the place goes even even more crazy. So that that that's where I, that's where I was for that one. So
0: this will be a, anyway. a fun drinking game for everyone. Every time that goal is played on TV or mentioned on the radio, have a tot of whiskey around yeah, exactly. that time. But yeah. it was a great goal. Can't,
1: you can't deny that it was, it was a great goal. Incredible, it came, incredible. It came to hurt, hurt in that moment, and actually, even, what hurt even more was the two two. I think because again. I think I, I was at a sort of low end with the Scotland men's team at that point. Yeah. I'd, I'd had a lot, lot of years of sort of suffering and going to games. And, and then UEFA you know, started mucking around with the days. So it wasn't even a case of, you know, you, we used to go and meet up on a Saturday, really social, you know, and then you, you would have your Saturday out in Glasgow. And then it you know, started moving on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So everything was sort of, sort of breaking up a little bit. In terms of the people that I would go with. But that was one was on a Saturday, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. So it was just a fact was all meeting up again, you know, one of my friends brought his son for his first game. And, you know, when those two or three kicks went in, it was just so incredible. I mean, the atmosphere in that ground was unbelievable. And then obviously for it to just be punctured. I've never seen an atmosphere punctured so quickly as when, was it High came scored?
0: I can't remember. Yeah, it was. A, I think it was a header from a Carl Walker cross.
1: Yeah, he scored. Yeah. Just and it was. It was that sort of. It was one of those. i kind of thought, right, that's. You know, I've, I've kind of done this. You know, I, I, can't, <laughs> hack, I can't hack this glorious failure. You, anymore. Yeah, you, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of bored with it now. You know, I need something a bit different.
0: <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to mention now. I went round to my friend Alice's um, place, and we were watching. The World Cup that summer, 2019. And yes. you, you and Grace and your wife were three of 28,000 people in Paris. And you'll have to read the book, Arrival, to find out what happened. As Scotland played Argentina, it would have been a famous win. I mean, is it, was it a mental thing, do you think? Discounting the nonsense of what happened for the equaliser. To be 3-0 up with 15 minutes to go and lose it is more than just... Uh, a football thing. It's a mind thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a professional athlete, so I'm 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 not sure. I mean, there's 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 two there's two teams there. I think on, on the pitch is a thing to remember that you know, and and actually when it went from three 0 to three one, I think obviously that that kind of shifted the mentality of both the Scotland team and and of the Argentina team, and I think you could you could sort of feel that. I mean, we had gone out for. The England game, so we had a sort of strange World Cup where we sort of, Dossel was obviously still at school, but we worked it so that we could fly out for the England game, so we flew to Nice, went to that game, came back home, watched the Japan game here, and then the, we went back out on the morning of the Argentina game, and we actually stayed all the way through to the final. Oh, so that was So that was a big holiday, so that was a sort of start of our, we'd obviously been to Nice briefly, but it was the start of us sort of going back for for the World Cup the whole World Cup, right up to right up to the final. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, it's interesting. One of the things I'm keen to do with the book, I feel like, is, is kind of, re- I know that's a huge part of the story, but it's kind of reclaimed the story of the Scotland women's team a little bit from those last 15 minutes in Paris. I mean, it's obviously it was so dramatic, it was so emotional, so unbelievable. It was I've nonsense.
0: There. It was, yeah, I, would yeah. just, I would just say to the listener, just look at the BBC highlights of it because... Yeah. You will, you will, th- and, and don't have anything in your hand because you will throw it.
1: I just, I, I, spoke, to, I spoke, I suppose, speaking to someone yesterday about the book, and I said to them, "I've, I've never been one to think referees are corrupt or re- there's any sort of cheating going on." There's, there's obviously over the years lots of incompetence, lots of bad decisions. That's just football.
0: That, yeah, happens, you know, that yeah. That's
1: part and part of football. So I've, I've never ever been one to think actually, uh, we're being cheated here. And, and that, I mean, with hindsight, I don't know. obviously. I've, 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 I've got away from the emotion of it and I've watched it back and, you know, at worst, it's incompetence from the referee. But I, I, it was the one time where I genuinely, we were right behind Lee and goals. And I was utterly convinced. If you'd asked me in that moment, I was, we are being cheated here. There, someone's making some decision that actually Scotland, Cannot progress in this World Cup, Now obviously that's. When hindsight, I know that was nonsense. It was the emotions of it, but it was just an. It was a really incredible, incredible fifteen minutes, obviously. But then, having said that, you know the the, the period before when they went three nil up again, what well, was incredible. But I think what what made it more difficult for us as well was we were obviously surrounded by neutrals. Mm. So you know, and naturally, if you're a neutral at that sort of game, and you're watching team cruising three nil. Someone starts to come back into it, you know. You get a bit excited, and so we were surrounded by all these neutrals, <laughs> French people, like desperately supporting, suddenly supporting Argentina, and, and all this. it felt like us personally reveling in our in our misery, you know. But uh, which made it hard. But yeah, as I said, I think I mean obviously that's covered in the book. People are very open and honest about it and talk about it. The, the chapter is entitled "Heartache" because that's what it, what it was. But I think I'm really keen for, for the book. Not you know for the for the yeah. story of the Scottish national women's team is not about that moment. I think. I mean, I think it's easy to look. I think I write in the book. You know, there's a you can adopt a Dr. glass half empty approach to football and say, well, if you're Scottish, you never get there. You know, there's always this glorious failure. You know, things are a disaster. Or things always end up badly. And, and, you know, it's, it's obviously quite easy for people to point to those 15 minutes as that. But actually, to me, you know, and I say this in the book, you know, it's it, it's not a failure. It's, you know, the World Cup was a triumph. The fact that they were there, particularly given what the women's game has had the battle and what a lot of those players have had the battle, and the generations before them have had the battle to even play. a thing. you know, to be at a World Cup, to be there competing, to running on the Japan, who are two great teams, you know, yeah. won a World Cup semi-finalists. You know to, to run them so close and to play so well against Argentina and be so close as, as Shelly Kerr says you know to be 15 minutes away from doing something amazing that that's the focus I think that that need to have that context of what' had been achieved and you know if you if you again if you think back I'm not a fan of making comparisons between the men and the women's game but if you think back to them the men's teams in Scotland you know all, all over the years all the great players all the great squads, all the world Cups, you know, none none of the other Scotland teams have, have got out of a group either. So, you know, it's easy to point the finger and say, "Oh, well, this is this is you know this this was a, a mad fifteen minutes." That sort of defines this team and actually to me it's not it's, it's the fact that they are there it goes back to what you said earlier on, it's that line in the subtitles, inspiring a generation people are watching that, seeing it in the World Cup you know it's football, sometimes there's great triumphs, sometimes there's heartache mm. but actually the fact that they're there playing and hopefully the book can be a, a reminder of that but actually as I said before, two, two tournaments back to back and just raising the profile of women's football for for girls and for boys as well, you know, around Scotland. I think to me that's the the inspirational bit of it. But that aside, you know, it was a very difficult 15 minutes to watch and probably one of the most
0: difficult in in my football-watching career, if you can call it that. At least you had the rest of the tournament to savour. Carrie Dunn's books, The Pride and the Roar of the Lionesses. Uh, Sort of this tale but 10 years in advance, because England came on the world stage in 2009 at that Euro and then they had the World Cups to build on that, and then they had the support of the Women's Super League and the Women's Premier yeah. League. Uh, so Scotland are 10 years behind. So I hope that in the next World Cup, if it's 23 or 24 or 27 or 28, uh, if indeed we can have a World Cup in this age with viruses lurking in a Wuhan bat market. But we, we hope Scotland play again, and uh, there'll obviously be the reset. Has the manager been appointed? For the new no, national team?
1: No, there's an interim manager for the for, for the there was an interim manager for the last two games and, and then uh, as we're speaking now there's, there's obviously going to be the next stages. And I think to me that's a crucial thing. I mean the, the squad is still strong, you know, there there is there are these players uh, who now have that experience and, and, and part of it again, some of the players in the book talked about that sort of learning experience. So, you know, the road, the road to qualifying for the Euros was filled with heartache as well of losing playoffs against Russia, against Spain, really dramatically against uh, against the Netherlands. And you know the team learned from that to finally get over the line and qualify for the Euros. You know, obviously there was that, as you said earlier on, there was that sort of uh, disappointment in the Euros of not being able to just get past and out of the group against Spain. Again, the team learned from that to qualify for the World Cup, their first World Cup. So the hope I think is that you know the, the team learned from with the disappointment of, of, of I guess how the World Cup ended and the Euros have failed to go ahead for the Euros and but we'll push on and, and learn from that and, and hopefully at some season in the future we'll be back and, you know ideally at the World Cup, which will be in Australia, New Zealand would be a great, great place to go. Yeah,
0: the that World would be a- be a hell of a holiday
1: it's, uh, it would be around the same time as her daughter finishes secondary school yeah. so that, that that would be a nice uh, not that the scholars could be thinking about that but you
0: know
1: <laughs> that, that would be a nice, uh, nice nice way to finish that, that, that you know like, I, guess,
0: but. I was going to say is she looking at Edinburgh for uni they've got a very good football team
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think she's thinking that far ahead. I think, I think she's just sort of, given what's going on at the moment, I think she's just li- living in the moment, really. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's obviously
0: an age where the, the, the prospect of sort of leaving home and going to university uh, is, is probably tipping on that more scary than yeah. exciting. Is there a likelihood that she can do a gap year with the great Red Circle Communications company?
1: <laughs> no, we're, we're a very small operation, so I'm, not, I'm not, not sure she would want to do that, to be honest. so
0: Seems like a and, cool uh, job. It seems like a bespoke three hundred and sixty degree service. I'm doing your advertising for you, but um, yeah, you've you've got some contracts at some very good places. If the Scottish FA came calling, would you take up the contract?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would need me to be honest. But no, I mean, I, I I've, I've been very lucky through, through my own career. I think of just having been uh, able to work for myself, which you know gives me gives me the opportunity to do what I want and write books and things like that in between in between work. But. No, I've just been very lucky to to, to be, I guess, in the, the sphere that I've been in in terms of research and communications, and uh, to, I guess, I've got had that opportunity to work in politics, which was a really experience. And then, obviously, uh, set up on my own and then just work. I mean, I think uh, I
0: sort of, uh, I'm, I'm not one of these people that are obsessed by work I also enjoy what I do. No, it sounds like too much work. Uh, final question to you, Stephen Law, the uh, author of Unthinkable about Wraith Rovers and Arrival. About the Scottish football team, uh, who would win in a match between the Scotland national team and Wraith Rovers first eleven today?
1: Well, the national women's team.
0: <laughs> yes, I
1: have no idea. I mean, I think I. Do you know, I, I. I struggle a little bit. I, I'm not a fan of comparisons between between the men and the women's game. I think because uh, for a number of reasons, I think. Um, I mean, I think the disparity in resource and support and investment over the years. Uh, which obviously you can read about in 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 arrival, and um, sort of render any sort of comparison sort of meaningless. I think, um, and I think also there's a there's a little bit of a worse. You know, things have moved on and things are far better than than, than they were. Um, and, and and you know, women's football is is now accepted and it's in a much better place. Um, but I think there still is a, a slight agenda, I guess, of. Of, of talking down the women's game, and I think you know sometimes the motivations of of people who want to make those comparisons. Uh, are, are not doing it for the right reasons, you know. So that they're maybe seeking to sort of do down or criticise the women's game, or or somehow proclaim that there's 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 sort of there's not real football, or it's of lesser value, or it doesn't count. And I think my my view is just it's it's, it's all football, you know. Do, do, are are the Scotland women's team elite athletes? I'd like ab- absolutely, you know. Just look at Caroline Weir, Kim Little You know the sorts of goals that Caroline Weir scored, uh, just, just incredible. You know, does the women's game have the same capacity for drama, excitement, and tension? Of course, it does. It's football. You know, <laughs> any games and some of the games we've talked about. You know, underline that that, that it's there. So ultimately, who would win between Wraith and, and the Scotland women's team? I, I think I don't care as as the honest answer. You All know, because right. it's like, but it's, 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 no, I, I don't mean that to be rude. I just I, I think it's a uh, I think I think you know both both of these teams. Uh, whether it's race on a community level, are doing are doing something important in the community and for Hockoddy. And I think the Scotland women's team is, is doing something incredibly important for young girls and women who are going to follow them, who, want, who will say, do you know what, I want to do that, I want to play football, I want to make a living out of football, which is now a possibility. And, and they can do that in Scotland now, you can be professional in Scotland at some of the clubs, offer professional contracts and, and that's a huge leap forward from, from maybe where, where we were. So I think both both have their place and, and both are inspirational and in, in their own way, I think.
0: I'm sorry, the correct answer is Wraith would draw two two in normal time, but they would win six <laughs> five on penalties.
1: Well, yeah, well, well between this, between, it uh, would definitely go to penalties, and some sort of penalties would be involved somewhere, given the history of of both of both of those clubs. So, but,
0: and then uh, yeah, and and what would happen to we'll that the is that, VA that. Yeah, oh yeah, there wouldn't be any VA on nonsense. I think Scott Thompson would come on and, <laughs> and make the winning save from Jen Beatty in the last minute.
1: Penalties would definitely be involved somewhere, I think, along the line.
0: There would be no. Toes pixels away from oh, nonsense. Anyhow, Stephen Lawther, best of luck with everything. Uh, your books with the um, your books are in the football library, and you have your laminated Gordon Brown library card. Thank you
1: very much. Just like the library, just like the
0: library, just like the library, just like the library. Like the library. Shh.